Welcome to everyone. It's good to see all you beautiful souls gathered here again together. To achieve what? It's always important to remember why we're here before we begin. And sometimes we take it for granted that we know why we're here. In some circles, what we're doing is called mysticism. But really, there's no mystery to mysticism. Or maybe the only mystery is why some people think it's so hard. Because all we're doing in the mystical quest is recognizing who we are. Recognizing our original true nature. But what makes it seem hard is that we have acquired a conditioned nature, a false nature, so that we could adapt to the sickness of society and pretend that that's normal. And then we identified with all of the family signifiers, the cultural signifiers, and all the values of the society in which we live, and we lost touch with our original nature. And once we bought into what our parents told us, or implied between the lines, or what we overheard, or suspected, or imagined, or fantasized, and then what we were taught in school, mostly by fellow students, but a little bit by teachers, and then what we gain through all the disinformation of the media has created a false self that is completely clueless about the true nature of what is real. And not only have we forgotten, but we're not allowed to know. It's prohibited. There is a sensor in the unconscious that was put in there, like one of those internet filters you put in so kids can't watch the pornographic sites. They put that into each of us so we couldn't see or know knowledge that was forbidden or unbearable to the ego. And so that made us into our own worst enemy. Because you're not allowed to see all the skeletons in the family closet, and you're not allowed to see even more skeletons in the social closet, or in the historic closet of all of the human history. And you're not allowed to know the true significance of our whole experience in this earth plane. We live in a very small box. But a point comes in our growth when we outgrow that box and we need to explode it like a snake outgrows its skin and needs to let it go, shed it to grow another one that fits. But we're afraid because nobody else is doing it except a few other mad people like in a group like this. But it's not accepted out there. 
And if we do break through those walls, and what then? Who are we? We don't know. We're terrified of that unknown that exists in the twilight zone beyond the walls of our ego. And what if we're rejected by every, all of our friends if we break through those walls? And we probably will be. And what if we discover that we're mad? What if we discover that... Uh, that what we believed, our, our myths about God or about paradise or all of that were lies, and they probably are. What if we discover that we were totally wrong about everything? And we probably were. And that's why it takes courage to be on this quest and to let go of your preconceptions about what reality is supposed to be and how you're supposed to live and who you're supposed to hang out with and what you're supposed to accomplish in life and how much money you're supposed to make and how many children you're supposed to have, etc., etc., or even what gender you're supposed to be because that was imposed on you and then you suddenly think these are your desires when it turns out they were your parents' unconscious desires that got rooted through your mind. All of these questions come up into the conscious mind and you realize that you've been living in a matrix controlled by forces you had no idea about and you have no idea about who you really are and what your potentials are and what life can actually offer you and what you can offer life when you are free to know yourself. But before we can know our real self, we have to let go of the false self. We have to come to know the false self. That's the hard part of the journey, because that's where the complexity lies. The real self is actually very simple. You don't need to know anything. In fact, you have to forget everything you know to realize the real self. You even have to forget your spiritual knowledge. That's why I recommend people don't read a lot of spiritual books if you're on a spiritual path. It will just confuse you. And you'll be filling your mind with information that turns out to mostly be wrong. So if you read books, it's good to read them in a class situation where whatever misconceptions grow out of your interpretation of what you read or what the author put into it can be straightened out. But the less you read, the better, because you don't want to clutter the mind, you want to empty the mind. What's the point of knowing other people's ideas? How is that going to help you? You're already filled up with too many of other people's ideas. So I'm not here to give you more ideas. I'm here to help you gain the courage to let go of the ideas you have and discover who you are when there are no ideas cluttering your mind. Before you ever had ideas, in the silence of your original self. And that's what every true spiritual path wants to do. It wants to help you discover who you are, not who some sacred book tells you you're supposed to be. And there's really only one concept 
Now it has many names, and some names are mythological, some are phenomenological, some are doctrinal, some are uh, come out of metaphysical discourses, but it's all the same. The simplest is the self. But the self is often confused with the ego, so sometimes we say the original self, the true self, the supreme self, or emptiness. Empty of ego, empty of ideas, empty of falseness and images, cleared out. But you could also use names for God, because all of those names come down to meaning I am. Isn't that what Yava means? I am that I am. So we're talking about the I. Not the thought I, because that's a representation already, that's a step removed. But the actual I. Have you ever really encountered yourself? Or is there an addiction to language that pulls you away from the self? Pulls you again into thoughts, desires, fears, lack? Do you have the courage to stay in the presence that is the self and not run away? And not think that you have to use your mind <clears throat> to grasp what you are. Because all the mind can do is grasp what you are not. It has no capacity to grasp what you are. Because you are ungraspable. Because what you are is not a concept. And so even if we put all the possible terms for the self end to end and listed them all and memorized them all, you would still not know who you are. The list would always be inadequate and it would always be a lot of blah blah language and it would not tell you who is the perceiver of all those words. What is consciousness itself? And so in the tradition of neti neti, which means not this, not that, We always start out, realize you're not the body. You can't be the body. You're aware of the body. And so the body is an object to the perceiver. You can't be the mind because the mind, again, is mental objects, words and images. You can't be emotions, feelings, not even love because, again, that's something that arises. You are deeper than any of that. Deeper. Because you are the perceiver of it. What is the perceiver? What is the ultimate presence that cannot be witnessed? Because you are that and therefore you cannot know it as some other object. That which is completely non-objectifiable, that is what you are. But to know the non-objectifiable self, you must be in absolute stillness, not thinking. And it's in that stillness that all the attributes that are so famous about the self emerge, like love, light, joy, bliss, power, shakti, wisdom. All of that comes when the mind is stilled.
made into absolute silence so that there is a space for all of that to be downloaded for all of those higher energies to emerge but if your mind is cluttered with thoughts or it's moving quickly from one thought to another and one image to another then you haven't created a vessel that can contain the energy of the real self. So in meditation we are practicing creating a space, a sacred space, by silencing the mind and reaching pure awareness. That is emptiness. In Buddhism that is that ultimate term that is used in many traditions in Buddhism, shunyata, emptiness. But the emptiness is not empty of the self. It's filled with the self. It's empty of ego. It's empty of falseness. It's empty of mental activity. It's empty of egoic emotions, fear and desire. But it's full. It's absolutely full with the bliss of the self. And this is the great paradox. So empty the mind of all of your thoughts about reality and be the real. Realize yourself as the real. That you have always been even though you have forgotten that. And in the silence you will realize that what you are transcends this life, the life of the body. has nothing to do with the body. Transcends this dimension transcends all limitations and that there is in fact one self, one consciousness that underlies all of this. It seems that we're in a world of a multiplicity of objects and that each human object seems to have its own individual mind but in fact that's an illusion. That's not the bedrock because each mind is an emergence of illusion out of the real of the silent self. And that silence, because it has no boundaries, no limitations, no differences, belongs to all of us. There isn't one silence here and another silence there. No, that's that same stillness turns out to be a single consciousness that contains all of reality, that emerges everywhere in reality. But what is emerging is the same one self. And that's why we can recognize each other. That's why we can commune, because we are already one. Even if we speak different languages, we can recognize the self, the one self in each other. That's why there is love between human beings. But the more egoic buffer there is, the less love. And now the egos and their defense mechanisms are so thick that very little love can penetrate through them and reach someone else or someone else's love reach you. But the love is always oneness. It's not difference. It doesn't ever come from an other. And the idea that we need love from an other just means that we are not in our own real self because the self is the one love that creates and sustains this entire universe. Once you know that you are that love, and the source of that love. All neediness drops away. All fear of rejection drops away. All need for approval and 
affirmation from others drops away and all the ego games that create all the suffering drops away. All the addictions to things that fill up your lack of love, whether it's food, candy, eye candy, ear candy, whatever it is you want to fill yourself up with, you don't need anymore. You're filled with the presence of God and that's the state of grace. And each of us has the right to live in grace. Why choose anything else? Anything else is a hell realm. And you have the power to drop it instantly once you know that you are the silent presence. You're not the mind. You're not the body. You're not anything. This is the state of no-thingness. There are no things. There is only consciousness. And you are the source of that. So let's realize who we are, shall we?